Hey, y'all sat down way too quick. So you guess what, guess what that means? It means you gotta stand back up. I want you to stand back up. Look, not everybody wants to shake hands and all that kind of stuff, but you can at least turn around, wave to a few people, say, welcome to church. Glad you're here. Come on, I know you did. You were the only one. Okay, now you can sit down. You guys gotta be nice around here. Come on. You need to act like you're Christians. You love Jesus and he loves you. And so you love people, amen? Hey, uh, but I'm getting ready to ask some, uh, some other people to stand back up. Uh, Veterans Day is this Wednesday. How many of you guys are thankful for all the men and women and all of our armed forces? And so... Um, so I just real quick wanted to recognize them and pray over them. If you have served in any of our armed forces, either now or in the past, if you're active or, or uh, retired, either way, if you guys don't mind standing up, we wanna honor you in this place. All of our military people, come on. Stay standing, stay standing. <laughs> you know, I find, I find most of the time that our military people hate doing this more than almost anything. Like they, 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 that, and, but that's what, no, keep standing. What is so amazing about you guys is, is you are willing, you have been willing at different points in your life to, to count the ultimate cost and sacrifice for our nation. But you, but you're also the people that want the least amount of credit for it. Uh, and that's, that's, I think that speaks a lot to honor. I think that speaks a lot to the character of Christ too. Uh, but I just want to pray for you guys. Lord, I thank you for every one of these men and women. And whether they are currently serving or have in the past, uh, Lord, I thank you that uh, you keep them safe. Uh, Lord, I know that people that, that have served in the past still can deal with some things because of their service. And I pray that you continue to work your healing into every situation where uh, there may be still some pain. Uh, Lord, I thank you for who they are. I pray that you would keep them safe. Lord, I know that there are some uh, people who are deployed right now, and we pray for them. We pray for your safety. God, I pray that you would connect every person who is a follower of you, connect them with another believer, connect them in biblical community, whether it's just one or a couple of people, Lord, that every person would find someone that they can lean on, but, but then together they would represent you well and be a light. I thank you for being with them. And we just honor these men and women today. We thank you for their sacrifice. We thank you for their families and their sacrifices, their sons, their daughters, their husbands, their wives. Bless them as well, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Give it up for them one more time. Okay, now you can be seated. <laughs> oh, man. I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 6. Leading up to this, man, Matt, uh, Jesus has been teaching a lot of different stuff. He, he taught about anger and lust and divorce and prayer and money. But then he talks about worry. And I'm going to read this. Let's read this together. Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 25. If you have your Bibles, Bible apps, it'll be on the screen as well. I know some of you have the whole Bible memorized, so you don't even need any of those. That's awesome. Good for you. Let's read this together. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? 
Why do you worry about clothes? See the lilies in the field, how they grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows what you need. But seek first, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Can anybody say amen? So here's the thing. Most of us get overwhelmed from time to time. Uh, there are some of you that don't. You're just kind of a go with the flow, live in the moment. Don't worry, be happy. Life is a party. And the rest of us kind of covet your simple life that you have and also think that you should get a little more serious and have a little more anxiety like the rest of us. But we actually read this passage this last week in the Life of Christ study. Um, this teaching was actually called the paganism of worry. Jesus instructs his followers not to run after worry like the pagans do. So what is paganism? Uh, it was a belief system, basically where people felt like they had to appease deities, gods, and as long as they felt like they were appeasing the deities or the gods, then the gods would take care of them, give them what they wanted, give them what they needed. But if they weren't pleased, then destruction would fall upon them. And so in order to appease the gods, they would make sacrifices, uh, all different kinds of sacrifices, including human sacrifice. Because they felt like, man, this is, this is really ultimately up to us. It's gonna be our ability to either appease or make the gods angry. And so he's saying that when you worry, you're acting like a pagan. That's pretty strong. Like when you worry, you're acting like these people that think that there is a God that is going to either destroy you or bless you based on you and your ability what you can or can't do. And Jesus says, but if you just put me first, you don't have to worry about anything. If you put them first. So apparently the people of this day, they were stressed about food and clothing. Most of us don't stress about that. Pretty thankful for that. Some people do, even in our country, but for the most part, that's just not something that we worry about. But I will say this. This nation seems much more vulnerable today than before today. Uh, our nation is clearly divided. It doesn't matter who you voted for. We have never been more polarized as a nation than we are right now. And so no matter, no matter what the outcome, as believers, there should be concern in our hearts about the state of our nation. 
uh, about the, the divisiveness, the anger. I mean, you just look. It's just clear. There's litigation all over the place. There's no unity in the Congress, in the streets, in the church. We must seek Jesus now and put him first. So I know many of you are probably worried on one level or another. So I thought we should talk about what Jesus says about worry. So why do we worry? Uh, These aren't all the reasons, but I think there's some of them. I think one, because of choices. We have so many choices in our lives. You ever been to a restaurant and you sit down, you open the menu and they've got like 500 options? Like that's a stressful time in our lives. It is, especially if you're really hungry because you think this is it. If I don't make the right choice, I'm probably gonna die. I'm that hungry, right? So then you order but you're like, I don't know if I made the right choice. Like what happens, you know, I, I'll tell you what, Cody and I, we work this system because I'll find something I'm leaning towards and she'll find something she's leaning towards and then we'll just share. That way, if I get something I really don't like, I'll just eat all of hers. And if she doesn't like what she ordered, then I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I have a really healthy appetite. But, but, but choices, or we got remote controls with more buttons and we know what to do with. We don't even know how to turn things on with these things. This is why shopping makes us feel so exhausted. All the decisions. Well, at least the men in the house, okay? Not everyone, and, and there's probably a few men that just love shopping and you probably wear scarves and lift, listen to Michael Buble and that's fine. That's okay. It's totally fine. But shopping, because of all the options, One of Cody's favorite things to do is just go to a store, walk around, and look at all the options. And because I am a godly, Christian, amazing husband, I will do this with her. But I feel strongly that every store could increase their revenue by probably 30% if every store had what I would call a man corner. And a man corner is just where the husbands, whoever doesn't want to shop, so it could just be the people corner, okay? We could be for men or women, but there's chairs. Very comfortable chairs. And TV screens showing a variety of different shows that we can just take a break. It might just be a 10 or 15 minute break or hour or however long, but just to be able to relax. And if, and if we could do that, then, then we could get our energy back and be willing to go waste more time looking at more stuff that we can't afford and we probably won't buy. I don't know if you can relate to this at all or not. But we have, seriously, so many choices that I think that that in and of itself 
can cause worry. What if I make the wrong choice? Calendar. We worry about our calendar because we're too busy. And it's a problem. It's a problem because we're going through life so fast that we have a hard time just enjoying it. And because of that, we aren't sleeping enough. We're not eating right. Burnout is definitely on the rise because people are depleting their bodies. We have way too many to-do lists, way too much to keep up with, way too much. Cell phones, Facebook, iPads, Netflix, Instagram, music, Snapchat, etc. Even our watches are bossy. Anybody else's watch bossy? Like my watch, like, hey, you're behind on your exercise ring for today. You can still do it, but you really need to get your rear end in gear. It doesn't say exactly that, but that's what it feels like. Or breathe. Oh, thank you. I almost forgot. I know you can turn that stuff off and I need to. Because even our watches can like, oh, it just causes stress. And all of us have become instant twit snap face is all like just all of it. It's just, we just become, we've developed. That is the real pandemic right now. The real pandemic is all the social media platforms and how addicted we are to them. Myself included. I can't tell you how many times I'll just open my phone. Before I know it, I'm on a social media. I wasn't, wasn't even thinking about like that I even care. It just goes to that so quick. And we want to make sure all of our notifications. Well, some of you care about notifications. Some of you do not. How many of you, your screens are so full of red dots or ovals? You get ovals when you get into double digits, all right? Some of y'all are like triple, quadruple digits. Like you got some, like I can't even handle your phones. But a lot of times, you know, it's like, what does the email say? Somebody comment on my picture. It's worried. I posted something I thought was really good, but is it good? How many people are going to like it? Did people did it offend somebody? It's real easy to do that these days. There's the worry about all those things. A 2014 study by Baylor University found that American students spend an average of nine hours a day on their phone. This was in 2014. I, I'm, I'm, I, can, I would guess it's probably not less. But they did a, a, a small sample study just during COVID that finds that students are spending an average of 12 hours a day on screen time. So here's the issue with that. Screen-based entertainment increases stimulus to your central nervous system, which amplifies anxiety. Like even if it's stuff that you think that you enjoy, it's overstimulating parts of your body that is not meant to have that much stimulus. Also career. We worry about career. I'm sure there's plenty of us that have worried about whether or not we are gonna keep our jobs, lose our jobs, get furloughed from our jobs. This is one of the greatest causes of worry because it's attached to our finances and our finances are attached to living, taking care of the people we love, 
So we worry when we don't like our jobs. We worry if we do like our jobs, we want to succeed at our jobs, and we feel pressure to become awesome at our jobs, and so there's performance anxiety, and many of us worry about our futures. American Psychological Association says 80% of people feel stressed in their jobs, 80%. Conflict, conflict, mostly how it demonstrates itself in relationships. So some of us worry because there's people we love that we feel like they're not heading in the right direction and we're worried about them. But have you ever had somebody mad at you? It's not easy to have peace when that's happening. Some of you are like, I don't care. People matter me all the time. You should care a little more, just a little bit. Or when you're mad at someone, there's not peace in that. So there's marriage problems, conflict between parents and kids, just family drama in general, blended family complexities. I know that's a major thing. So these are some worries. Right now, I probably haven't helped you with all of your worries. I probably actually just helped you remember some of the things you need to worry about. But I also want to say this. Thank God we have his word. Thank God that this has all the answers. So what does his word say? We know that it guides us in all things. Uh, I want to give you a different scripture about what the Bible says in regards to your worry. There, there are several things that you can do to de-stress your life. I mean, most of you can find that on Google or Dr. Oz will have some opinion on it. Or, you, or we all have that one friend, you know, that has strong opinions on the product that you need or you need to exercise more, eat better, sleep, or do some sort of diaphragmatic breathing techniques or something like that. But I, I think the word of God is going to be our best solution. So this is what it says in Philippians 4, 6. Don't worry about anything. Well, that's pretty simple. It doesn't say, it's an election year. Freak out. It doesn't say it's a pandemic. Doesn't say, it says, this is Jesus, God in the flesh, pretty intimately connected with the creator of the universe. And he says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. Then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So there's a qualifier, okay, because this is a promise from God that you can have peace in the middle of chaos. Now, he doesn't say he's gonna take away the chaos, but you can have peace, and it's a peace that exceeds any human understanding about the chaos that you're going through. There's over 7,000 promises in the word of God, but almost all of them come with a condition. Like, if you will do this, then you will have this. So there's a premise to the promises, typically speaking. Worry takes away your freedom. 
It takes away your personality, the spirit of who you are, who God created you to be. The best seasons of your life will be the seasons when you're not worried. But how do you walk without worry? I want to try to get practical. What do you do with your worry? Number one, try not to worry about anything. Now, as soon as I say they're like, oh, thanks. Okay, I'll try real hard. But, but here's the thing. I think if you had a more clear perspective, like if, if when worry starts to set in, if you could think even on a logical level about what worry does and what it is, I think you could make the decision even on a logical level as it starts to say, this ain't gonna help nothing. If you could see it. So what are some of those things? Some of the issues. Well, first of all, worry is unreasonable. It's unreasonable. It says in Proverbs 12, 25, worry weighs a person down. An encouraging word though cheers a person up. But that weighing down, that weighing down, I find that worry always just exaggerates the problem. It makes things way worse than it actually is. Okay, the proof of this is how many of you have ever not been able to sleep at night because of worry? Anybody in the house? Anybody ever stayed up, couldn't sleep because you had worry? Some of you, you're on something because I, I think most of us, like we probably have had that at one point or another, like where we couldn't sleep because of worry. But here's what I find. I've never in the middle of the night and not being able to sleep because of worry suddenly found the solutions for all my worry. I've never woken up the next morning and Cody's like, man, how'd you sleep? Horrible, but I solved all the problems. So I'm good now. Figured it all out. No, it doesn't happen that way. When you are tired, you get crazy and irrational. Things just start ramping up. So you're worried about your job. I'm worried about my job. Because I'm, I'm going to lose my job. And then when I lose my job, I'm going to lose my paycheck. I'm going to lose my paycheck. I'm going to lose my house. And if I lose my house, winter's coming. It's going to be cold. And I'm going to be living on the streets. And my family's going to be living on the streets. And then we're all going to die. Oh, my goodness. Well, I'm glad you worried about it. But you know what I'm saying is right. It's so irrational. Here's what I've noticed. Worry does not add funds to your bank account. Worry doesn't make you lose weight. Worry doesn't finish your to-do list. It does not ensure success. It certainly doesn't answer your prayers. That's why verse 27 says, how many of you by worrying can add one hour to your life? You don't, you lose. You are losing hours worrying. Worry is unnatural. It's unnatural. Babies don't worry. There are no born worriers. 
Cows don't worry. Dogs don't worry. Cows should worry. Because we like beef. Cats don't worry. They're mean and hateful, but they don't worry. Rocks don't worry. Plants don't worry. I know some of you think if you talk to your plants, they'll do better, but they're weird. Sun, the moon, the stars, they don't worry. We are actually the only thing that God has created that worries. So Jesus talked about the birds and the flowers. If God feeds the birds, doesn't he feed you? I just want you to know you're better than a bird. All of you. You're better. You're better than a flower. The grass in the field. God put value on you when he exchanged his son for you. He's got you. So 1 Peter says this, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And it's so important you do that because anxiety-related stress can, it can introduce so many medical problems like heart disease and sleep problems and blood pressure and depression and obesity and autoimmune diseases, skin conditions. And I want you to know that your worry influences other people too. A while back, I was driving I find that I do um, incur some anxiety sometimes driving. I don't know if anybody else can relate to that, but I, it's not really that I'm worried about driving. I'm really worried about everyone else and their driving a lot of times. Uh, it's very judgmental, but I really feel like I'm the best driver on the road. Uh, I, I feel that way sometimes. Like, why doesn't everyone understand how to do this? Uh, and don't, don't look at me and judge me because some of you are the exact same way. You're just, if we, we could have an altar call right now and you, half of you would have to come up here. But, but I was, so I was driving, but I had a couple kids with me and some, some person that was created in the image of God did something that I felt was really ridiculous. And I got ready to call them a name. And as I took the breath to call them the name, I hear from the back seat, idiot! <laughs> they took the words right out of my mouth. And I was like, what, what did you say? That person's an idiot, right? I'm like, well, It's beside the point, okay? You are not allowed to call people idiots. You have to be at least 20 before you can start calling people idiots. So you're not old enough yet. It's a big word. Clearly my kids listen and follow my example. You have to know that the worry you're carrying is influencing everyone around you, including your kids. 
Like he, the, the spirit of your home, your worry and your anxiety, you carry that in. And kids have a sixth sense about them. You don't have to be saying all the words. They can feel anxiousness. They can feel worry. They can feel all of that around your expectations, not even on them. I find that most kids are not worried about all the things that we're worried about for them. But we wind up, they wind up taking those things on. But it's unnatural. We learn to worry. We can't unlearn it. But it takes practice. Worry is unspiritual. As I've already said, that example of paganism. At the end of the day, worry is you assuming that you either have the ability or don't have the ability to control every situation and circumstance around you. So when you worry, it's essentially you taking Jesus off the throne of your life and putting yourself on the throne of your life. Saying, I've got this, or I don't have this, but either the emphasis is on your pride and your ability or the emphasis is on your insecurity and your fear and your inability. Either way, it's taking the focus off Jesus. So it's, it's unspiritual. So what do we do? Talk to God about everything. It says in verse six, instead pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Okay, so I, I believe with all my heart that prayer, and I would add worship to this as an antidote to worry. And I know that you probably wanted something a little more profound than that. Because a lot of times we want a quick fix. But here's what I would say. This is what this looks like for me. There's been plenty of things that have happened in my life. Look, moving to Cabot, there was worry. Where are we going to live? Why are there so many Mexican food restaurants and not enough other things? There were worries, you know. I'm, I love all the Mexican food restaurants. I just wish there was like more Chick-fil-A. Okay, I said it. Okay, that's what I wish we had. There needs to be more Jesus chicken around here, okay? I'm hopeful though, they're bringing the mobile chicken. I'm like, is that, is this, is this, is this, are you coming? Is that what this means? Are you coming here? Are you gonna build here? Are you gonna have one? Are you gonna turn that whole price cutter building into a Chick-fil-A? That's where you park. Is that what you're looking at? With y'all systems, you could feed the whole state through that building. It would have no issue keeping up. That is not even in my notes. But we worry. We worry. And I worry. What about my kids? You ever worry that your kids aren't gonna have friends? I promise you, if one of your kids has special needs, you'd worry about it. You'd worry about it. You'd, you'd worry if you were in the middle of a pandemic, if people would come to church. You'd worry if the people that aren't coming to church are ever gonna come back. You, you'd, we all, we would worry. So what do I do? You see, I recognize when there is a thought that is setting itself against the knowledge of who I am in Christ Jesus. And I believe in God's promises for my life. 
And so when I start feeling the worry, when I start feeling the fear, I get vocal about it. I would say that most people would say they like to pray, but I don't know that a lot of people pray. You just think good things. The problem is you're thinking good things, they're getting mixed in with all the other things and none of them things are helping you. But there's so much power when you start declaring with your voice the truth that you're gonna stand on. And when you bring those things before the Lord and you pray and you ask the Lord and you vocalize, this is what I'm gonna believe because you are a good God. And as much as I love my kids, you love them infinitely more and you don't create mistakes. And so you've got a plan and you've got a purpose. And I'm not gonna assume just because it's not looking the way I thought it was gonna look that it's anything less than your perfect plan and purpose. And I know that God has his hand on this city, this community, and God sure has his hand on this church. So I'm not gonna worry about whether the service is full or not. I'm just gonna focus on loving people because that's what he asked me to do. But I'm still gonna ask God, God, would you please, would you please heal our nation, bring people back to the body of Christ? Would you do that? Declare it. I believe you will. I believe, I believe you will. Talk to God about everything. Everything. My question is this. What would your life look like and feel like if you prayed as much as you worried? What would our culture look like if the church prayed as much as they worried about all the stuff that you honestly don't have any control over? None of us do. What would our lives look like? James 4.2 says this, you do not have because you do not ask God. So I would encourage you, worry less, ask more. And some of you are like, oh, I don't want to bother God with my tiny problems. All problems are tiny to God. It doesn't matter what they are. But when you pray, you're stressed. You seek wisdom. This is a huge part. This is why biblical community, and the reason why I say biblical community is because you can have community that's not biblical and that community ain't going to help you. But when you have biblical community of people that believe in the word of God, the power of the word of God, the power of prayer, then when you're around that biblical community and you're worrying, they can say, hold on. Wait a second, why are you worrying? Word of God says this about you. We're gonna pray about this. You need biblical community. But when you do those things, when you, when you actually do those things, you're actually bringing the problem to somebody that can help. And, and, and I don't know if I can necessarily back this up with a direct scripture or not, but I will say this, close relationships have big benefits, including your relationship with the Lord. Close relationships have big benefits. Trust me. So, so any students in the house, go home more, call your parents more, be interested in what's going on in their life more, and you'll have more gas money. It is a truth, I promise you. I promise you. In my life, the closer I get to God, the more I benefit from his provision. I just promise you that.
Not because he doesn't always want to give it, but because I don't see how he wants to give it sometimes because I'm not close to him. I want you to also consider that being thankful about everything. Thank God at all times. Verse six goes on to say, thank him for all that he's done. How many of you have kids in the house? How many have kids? Okay. Listen, when, when your kid is grateful, oh my gosh. Like when your kid is genuinely thankful, in that moment, it's a moment of vulnerability where you probably feel like, here is my credit card. Buy whatever you want. You are highly favored. Like when my kids are like that, last week we took the kids to Silver Dollar City, which is an investment for our family. <laughs> we're like, we're going to Silver Dollar City. You're not gonna go to college, the rest of you can. But one of my kids, and it wasn't necessarily one of the kids that is always like thinking about this. Like when no one else was around, they just said, Dad, I almost feel bad being here. Because I read how much it costs. I saw how much it costs for all of us to be here. And I did all the math and it's a half a thousand dollars or something like that. that's how he said it. I was like, also known as 500, but that's okay. Math is not everyone's strong suit. But, but I was like, Dad, that is, that's crazy. And I'm like, well, we're crazy about you guys. We love you. We want to do good things for you. And he's like, thank you. I'm like, you're welcome. We are coming back on Monday. <laughs> Because I just, man, it's just powerful, man. When, when people are grateful, when they see it. I just want you to know that I think that God works not exactly the same way, but in a similar way. Like when you're grateful, this is what I've noticed. This verse says, be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about anything. And depending on what translation, but, but in all things, with prayer, with petition, but with thanksgiving. Present your request to God. So I follow the order of that. And so before I get into all the things I'm worried about, I'm gonna lead with how thankful I am. This is what I've noticed. When I start walking through the list of everything that God has done for me and how thankful I am, I'll get to a place where I don't even remember what I was worried about. It's like, man, that seems so small in comparison to the goodness, the faithfulness of who God has been in my life. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. If you have stress or worry in your life, don't go to sleep because you won't. Spend some time being thankful. Spend some time in the presence of God. Get some perspective from him and what really matters that he's, he's shown up over and over and over and over again in your life. 
when you didn't deserve it. Even when you weren't living right, he still has loved you, protected you, provided for you. And when you do that, man, I think it just changes everything. Psalm 95, 2, let us come before him with thanksgiving. So we come before him. Psalm 100, verse 4, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. I'm just telling you, gratitude is such a huge remedy for stress. But I also find that ungrateful people are miserable people. And they're also miserable to be around. So some people say that life is, is like hills and valleys, right? Mountains and valleys. Which I, I guess I could agree with that, but I think it's much more like life is like a set of railroad tracks. And one of those tracks represents all the valleys and one of the tracks represents all the mountains. No matter where that railroad track goes, you're always gonna have an opportunity to either view it as a mountain or view it as a valley. No matter what happens, no matter how great things are going in life, you're probably still gonna be able to find something to worry about if you choose to. But no matter how bad things are going in life, I think you can also choose to find something that's positive. Just depends on what track you wanna live on. I think the Lord has created you has created us to live a life free of worry. I believe that with all my heart. And I believe that until we can trust him, until we surrender, until we just walk in that place, and it takes practice, it takes spiritual discipline. It's gonna happen by you being intentional. But when you live in that place, you live the life that God intended you to live in a much clearer way. 1 Thessalonians 5.16, always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Let's just bring some of our worry before the Lord. Let's just admit that we have some. I think if, if you want the Lord to move, it's gonna start with humility. So I wanna give us a chance just to be humble before him. If you're in this house and you struggle and you're worried right now, you've just got a lot of stress and anxiety, nobody's looking around, would you put your hand up? Let's just put it up. Let's just, let's just admit it before the Lord right now that we've got this. We've got this saved. Father God, with all of these hands, we're just confessing. We're confessing before you that we're worried, but we're also confessing that we trust you. We're confessing, Lord, this physical act of our free will is releasing faith in us right now. Lord, it's showing you in faith that we're gonna trust you, but it is also showing the enemy who's boss and that we're gonna trust in our heavenly father because he is a good father and he loves us. And he's gonna take care of every need and there is never anything that ever happens that he's surprised by. And so he always provides, he always provides. We trust you, Lord. We surrender our worry to you. And Lord, we're gonna get vocal and we're gonna get intentional about surrendering our worry to you. In Jesus' name.
also just wanna pray for anybody that you feel away from the Lord right now. You don't feel like you have a relationship with him. And maybe, maybe you've just, you need to surrender to him. Come back to him. I wanna give you a chance to make that decision. Nobody's looking around, but if you know you're away from the Lord and you need to come back to him, you need the salvation that comes from him and him alone, would you put your hand up one more time? As soon as I see your hand, you put it down. God, thank you so much. Anybody else? Let's just be bold about it. Thanks, buddy. Got it. Anybody else? I just need a relationship with God. I need him. I'm away from him. Okay. For those couple people that raised your hand, just talk to him and say, just say this. Say, Jesus, I need you. I know that, I know I've made a lot of decisions and mistakes that would separate me from you, but, but you paid the price so that I don't have to be separated from you. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And I ask for your forgiveness. And I believe that you rose from the grave and defeated my sin and defeated death. And I thank you that because of that, I also have this hope of heaven. One day I'm gonna go to heaven, but, but Lord, I, I don't wanna just be saved and wait for heaven. I wanna walk in the purpose that you have for me now. So would you speak to me? Would you make things clear to me through your word? I wanna hear your voice. I want you to speak to me and I wanna have conversation with you every day. Lord, I also wanna find my purpose and function within the body of Christ. And I wanna be about your work and your kingdom. So I surrender to you as my Lord. I wanna walk with you. Father God, I thank you for those couple of people that made that decision. This is the reason why we're here. The reason why we exist as a church so that people like these couple of people that just made that decision can hear your truth and love, come to the saving knowledge of their Savior, Jesus. Know and understand that they're loved. God, help us to keep the main thing the main thing. Help us to keep our eyes focused on first and foremost, you, Jesus, and your kingdom. And trust you for the rest. In Jesus' name. Amen.